everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael. You know how my, you know my affinity for these basketball reference nicknames, right? Yeah, have you have you got a hold of the fantasy bas- uh, reference nickname ambassador, like what whatever his title is? Have you gotten a hold of this guy yet? Oh, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to find him. They, these people at the basketball reference just won't, won't give up the goods on who's making these nicknames. So They're like shadow people, they, who knows who works there. I'm going to give you a challenge. This is the this is the the new basketball reference nickname challenge. Are okay, you ready for this? I'm not very good. Yeah. The the person's nickname is Baby Joe Johnson. Baby Joe Johnson. Uh, he must be on the Boston Celtics as we are doing our thirty oh, team. You would over- think that, but, but maybe I foxed you with a player. You you uh, We're talking about. We're only talking about the Boston Celtics here. I'm gonna go with, uh, for some reason, Jalen Brown. Oh, it is Chris Middleton. See, I foxed you. I foxed you okay. with my basketball reference was, nicknamery. Oh my god! I did find right. out. I did find out when when searching the Celtics man that Kemba Walker's middle name is Hundley, which I like. I feel like that's a good <laughs> strong. Nick, our middle name is Hundley. That's a cool name. I don't think I've heard that name before, man. And that's a good, cool-sounding name. He's Kemba Hundley Walker. Yes, I like it. Rolls, I'm a fan. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue very, very well. Uh, we are obviously doing our 30 teams in over 30 days team previews, and we are going with the Boston Celtics this year. A lot of uh, off-season drama nonsense team players moving in and out um as you already heard Kimball walker is in kyrie irving is out but aaron baines got traded al horford left the team and uh terry rogier was involved with a sign and trade with the hornets to get Kimball walker and you know what don't forget about marcus morris who's now on the Knicks with a long, with about 16 other uh, f- power forwards on that team. Uh, Enos Cantor joining the uh, Boston Celtics from Portland. And a lot of hype around a certain Taco Fall, who was undrafted, but actually looks like he should be in the NBA. Um, Tyler, what is the most interesting thread going into the – this season for the Boston Celtics in fantasy basketball. Um, well, no question. I think it's Kemba Walker. Um, we obviously saw Kemba have a, a, a good season last year um, in Charlotte. Now he's coming over to uh, Boston and it'll be interesting to see how he plays um, with the Celtics. And and we've talked about this a couple of times before that I think guys who play point guard for the Celtics, a lot of times get a, a pretty hefty efficiency boost. We've seen Kemba Walker be, um, not the most efficient point guard in his career. So it will, will be interesting to see how those two things um, clash. I will say this, you know, two years ago, he shot 44% from the field. And I think a lot of that was, you know, there was a little bit better cast of characters around him in Charlotte. 
Um, that was kind of when they added Nick Batum and, and they were looking um, like a playoff team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Kemba can get that, that up to like 45, 46% from the field. And if he can, um, yeah, you're looking at a, a super efficient player. A player is going to get you a ton of threes, uh, a good amount of rebounds, some good assists, some good steals, um, even like half a block and like 25 points, which um, would make him interesting in that first round range, maybe even if he can get those percentages up a little bit. Um, we talk about that kind of eight after after pick seven, right? The eight to fifteen range is pretty wide open, and I don't love taking Kemba Walker there, but he's definitely somebody who's in the running for me just because of a lack of not great options. And we've seen Kemba the last four years play eighty one, seventy nine, eighty, and eighty two games, so he's been incredibly healthy too. Actually, um, I'm. It, glad you said uh, you mentioned the first round because um, I have seen Kim Walker pop up in a first uh, in a first round and in a mock draft or two, and um, I think that's actually a little early. Um, I'm not sure you need to reach for Kim Walker there, but I, I think it's actually now worth worth mentioning that. He's going 16th overall in um, Yahoo's ADP. And right now, I would say his number one competition up in this up in this echelon. I, I've been having trouble with the uh, with my tiered rankings after after you know tiers two and three. Is Kimba Walker in that third tier? Is he a first uh, potentially a first round pick? Should he go on the turn? Um, would you rather have him than Kyrie Irving even? Um, so, so that's a good question. And I think this maybe depends on your team and how you like to build it. So here's the way I've been kind of framing Campbell Walker in my own head. Of the people ranked 8 to 20, do you feel better about anybody playing more games than Campbell Walker? To me, the answer to that, to me, the answer to that question is probably no. I don't feel good about anybody in that range playing just as many or more games than Kemba Walker. Like we talk about a lot of guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, right? Like how many games are they going to play? Are they going to play 70? Are they going to play 60? Joel Embiid, is he going to play 60? You know, I feel like, you know, there's some, some, some guys who are going to play 80 games. Kemba Walker is probably one. Bradley Beal is another guy, right? Like those guys in that range, you know, you mentioned, you know, Kemba against Kyrie Irving. Like, look at Kyrie Irving's games for the last four or five years. Like, there's not a... And obviously, Brooklyn's going to push for the playoffs, so they're going to have to rely on Kyrie. But Kyrie Irving's games the last four seasons, 53, 72, 60, 67. Like, it, it kind of depends on the league here. In a roto league, I think I'd definitely rather have Kyrie in a head-to-head league, I can make the case for Kemba Walker, and that is something um, I'd, I'd really have to think about. I personally, man, if faced with that decision in a draft, I would probably go for Kyrie. Just feel like you know he's going to have to carry a big workload on his shoulders, and you know he's going to be pushing hard for the playoffs. And I know those are narratives that are kind of bullcrap, but at the same time, like someone's got to make the stats in Brooklyn. Right. Um, but, you know, if I was looking at a super deep league draft, like 20, you know, 30 teams, 
and it was between those two, I might go for Kemba Walker just because I feel good about him playing 80 games. I actually, um, I'm probably good with Kyrie. I actually think Kemba is either at the bottom of that, that, that next tier or the top of the, of the tier following that. His, his ability, the things that you're talking about, the things that you're talking about, his field goal percentage going up, um, I completely agree with. Is he going to pop off 20 shots a game, 21 shots a game? No, probably not. It's probably going to be a little bit more closer to probably under Kyrie Irving's or around Kyrie Irving's uh, field goal attempts from last year, which was around 18 and a half. Uh, but Kimba Walker does get to the, uh, the line more and you know has a really great free throw percentage. So I, I just think like he is going to be um, as good as he was last year, if not a little bit better. And I think that bumps him. Uh, I'm not worried about the, the 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 down, you know, the downplay and usage, and then having to share the ball. I actually think those are good things for a you know a little bit more of assists and uh, being more open instead of being smothered on defense. Uh, all good things for Kemba Walker. And you know, looking at the backup point guard situation in Boston, like you know, some people make it seem like, oh my lord, you know, he's on this better team, and he is right, but. Who's the backup point guard? Like, unless they're going to play Marcus Smart there, who's not super a point guard, right? Marcus Smart is exactly they, – they, they figured out Marcus Smart. They know how to play Marcus Smart. If you play Marcus Smart in a, in a different role, he will look like trash. But him coming in and bullying people on the second team and occasionally playing with the first team and taking weird threes that no one wants him to take, but they go in anyway, like, that's his, but, but that's his role. The backup – you know, point guards other than him are Carson Edwards and Demetrius Jackson and nobody. So, um, I, I I actually I've heard a few people uh, say like you know they're worried about his you know his touches his usage having to share the ball Brad Stevens's uh, um, system etc. And I think those are all actually other than the usage going down. I actually think being in Brad Stevens' system is going to be a positive thing, and I'm actually liking this. Uh, to more of the IT season because IT was had to be the, the man on this team. He had to be the number one player on this team. And I think Kim Walker for a lot of nights is going to have to be the man on this team, but he knew how to get everybody else involved. IT and Kimba know how to get everybody else involved and they probably have a better relationship with the team than Kyrie did. And just one last point on that first round discussion. I don't want to take Kimba Walker in the first round. I do think there are scenarios where I would take him in that kind of top 12, but I don't really want to do it. And the bad, and then we talk about this a lot, right? It's more the lack of options that are going to play a lot of games than it is Kemba Walker being worthy of a first round pick in the sense that he's a, worthy of being a top 12 pick. I don't know. Like I like I'm with you. Ideally, in the ideal world, I would pick Kemba Walker like at 20. I just don't think that's possible, and I also don't think that there are you know the 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 eight to 20 players that I want over Kemba Walker. I think he's going to go in the middle of the second rounds, and if you take him over Drew Holiday, I'm not going to be mad at you at all. Um, looking at the rest of this Boston Celtics team, I actually think this is when things get interesting because there are a lot of big, fat question marks 
on the rest of the team, and I'm going to start with uh, Jason Tatum. So Jason Tatum, last season per game, 59th overall in totals in 79 games, 40th overall. The last you know few months, though, of, of last season, down the stretch, Definitely fell off. You could probably you can attribute that maybe to the Kyrie situation, maybe a couple other things, but let's just say you know he's. I'm gonna say he's probably definitely a top, uh, top sixty player. But Tyler, are we are we sure he's going to be better this season than per game fifty ninth? Would would you think he's going to be better? Because I can see this going either way. Um. So development is not linear for a young player. That's important to remember, right? Um. People get better at different rates. He's entering his third season. Um, it was it was a weird kind of year last year for Jason Tatum. He's all his you know raw accounting stats got better, but he had a pretty darn big hit in his efficiency. So uh, that was you know kind of a balancing act between the two things. The question becomes now: Where does he rank? Um, hashtag basketball has him ranked forty seventh. Our friend Mark Roberts has him ranked 35th, um, which is a bit aggressive, I, I think. I, I, do, I do like Jason Tatum. I think Tatum's going to get a little bit more usage. He's going to get a few more shots this year. Um, I don't think he can afford to take 13.1 and the Celtics uh, to be pushing for the playoffs. I think he's going to have to get that number up you know, closer to 15. The question will be what the what are the percentages on that i know if he's back up to like 47 48 obviously we're talking uh a lot of points a lot of points like 18 19 so that's that sounds good right um i think he'll probably be closer to that 45 that he was last year um which we're still gonna see i think an increase in scoring from him the rebounding um th- they might need some rebounding on this team just in the sense that okay they have enos Cantor who's a good, you know, board getter, but they lost out Horford. Um, they lost Aaron Baines, who was a, a, a rebounder for them. And I, I like the fact that Tatum's going to get you over a steal and, you know, 0.8 blocks from a small forward. Like that's, that's going to be nice. You know, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 blocks. Uh, so I'm going to be in on Tatum to a point. I would probably draft him just inside my top 50 but I don't think he is going to take this like massive leap. But at the same time you get, if you can get him at pick 50 or pick 45, I think you do get a little bit of insulation that he could um, help perform that value and be a top, you know, kind of 40, 35 player. And looking at mock drafts, I'm seeing him uh, at Yahoo ADP 51. So that's right behind Chris Middleton, who I'd want over Jason Tatum. And right before a bunch of players I'd rather have than Jason Tatum, like Eric Bledsoe, Tobias Harris. Uh, but but see, you're missing the part that Yahoo messed up the the 40s. Like I think yes, 51 is the, right, is the right spot. They messed up the 40s and put the 40s at the 60s and the 60s at the, 40s. the 40s. I completely agree with that. I was actually just thinking about the uh, earlier today. Um, and that's just my personal opinion right now. I'm not slagging anybody off at Yahoo, but I think 51 for Jason Tatum is the right spot. Like I think in the in the the draft of only me people we talk about this all the time right like he's just barely a top 50 pick like 51 is perfect and i think there's some nice there's a little bit of value insulated in that right like i don't think he's going to be that much worse than 51 and i think he could be better than 51 so that's a nice spot to grab him 
Like, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Jason Tatum. I'm not targeting him in every league, right? Um, he's actually probably a much better Roto player than he is in head-to-head in some senses, especially if you can get that field goal and free throw, you know, that field goal percentage back up um, and that three-point percentage back up. But at the same time, like, I, I, I don't think I'm, like, aggressively going after him, right? I'm not like, I got to have Jason Tatum on my team. I actually think the nice thing about Jason Tatum right now is his value is pretty low with people who maybe not casual fans who know the name and know the Boston Celtics, but like more of the industry uh, types or the, uh, the non-casual fan um, of fantasy basketball. I think a lot of them are letting him slide in drafts and um, letting him slide a little too far. If he's in that 50 plus range, I th- I'll, I'm probably going to have him on a, on a couple teams. I'm pretty sure. And it's not an exciting pick to me because I don't, you know, I'm not all the way on board with him. Um, he does a lot of really nice things. It could get a little bit better. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm hesitant to put all my faith in Jason Tatum, who has never um, shown in just, you know, the few seasons he's been in the league, uh, has only briefly shown flashes of being you know fantastic and has not been consistent at that but um at his best he could be somewhat of a jimmy butler light without the assists his worst eh, he's not he's he's not a great player i'm with you on that and so comparing his numbers to comparing numbers to a lot of like the best small forwards right now is is super interesting right and i talk about how this doesn't always work out right but like you look at someone like Kawhi leonard like in his second season after two seasons you weren't going you know his his stats and jason tatum's are pretty favorably compared like Kawhi leonard didn't assist the ball much he got a few more steals than tatum but tatum scored a lot more um and i'm not trying to say tatum's gonna be Kawhi leonard i'm just saying like you know players break out at different times, right? Like Kawhi Leonard was just good for what? So is Jason Tatum. Actually during Kawhi Leonard was older dirt. Right. And so, you know, to say this guy is what he is at this point, I don't, I don't think that's real. Right. I think Tatum eventually could be a superstar. Now. Will he, that's, that's a different story. But he could be. And so I feel good about picking him at, at 50 in the sense that I, I feel like you might you might be you might get a little boost. I don't think you're gonna get the huge breakout, but I think you might get a little boost on that this year. But I'm also not like I said, I'm not going I have to have him at 50. Like I, I'm not I'm not building I'm not marking that down as the first thing in my strategy is that I've got to get Jason Tatum at 50. But if I do get him there, I'm I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling okay about it. I'm feeling there's no there's no second thought about it. Um, I have two questions for you, Tyre, about uh, about the rest of the, the team, the rest of the Boston Celtics. Question number one: How many more Boston Celtics are draftable, in your opinion, in a standard twelve-team draft? Draftable or should be should be drafted? Draftable Let's go all the way. You're saying four? Four. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with four. 
I will stick. Yeah, with the correct it. answer was the correct answer was three. Um, and also, Tyler, who would you be drafting next on the Boston Celtics? Uh, well, that would maybe depend on what kind of league this is. Um, uh, let's say it's a so head-to-head league. In a head-to-head league, uh, I'd probably throw Marcus Smart next. Maybe Enos Cantor. I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth on those two. We know what Enos Cantor is, right? We can get him out of the way in a second. Um, he's going to play somewhere between 23 and 27 minutes a game. I feel like that's the Enos Cantor special. Enos Cantor is going to get you 15 points and 10 rebounds. And it's going to be on really good percentages. I love to get that in a Roto League, especially where he's going. I think that he is criminally underrated pretty much every year. I think he's basically a top 60 player. And most people regard him as an 80s, 90s player. So I am really how he's overlooked every single season, even in the seasons where he's not overlooked, where they're like, yo, this is the year he just can't just finally go to play. He's in New York. And then he does. And people still are like, eh, it's not that great. Uh, He's currently ADP is 92 at Yahoo. That is far too low. Right. So like he, he's, he's a top 60 guy. Like don't sleep on this dude. Like he's going to get you a barrel ton of rebounds and you know, 14, 15, points and he just that's what Keenan Skander does man like he's good at it he's there's no there's no blocks so um he he's really a good you know pump blocks center to to grab um yeah. and then Marcus Smart I, like, um, I think Marcus Smart's gonna have to play a ton right so I, I like that he's gonna, Smart's gonna get you a ton of yeah he's gonna have to play more I hate Marcus Smart a lot um, I just don't think he like I'm a roto player, so I, his percentages are such trash that he's really almost untouchable. Uh, but probably is untouchable. Uh, head-to-head leagues when you're putting See, your 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 percentages and you but, don't give a shit about do, anything. Uh, that's a lot of steals. About here's my thing about smart. Is he harming your percentages that bad? Now he shot eighty percent two out of the last three years of free throw. And last year he shot 1.6 attempts. So 80, if he can shoot 80, I'm fine with that. If he can only shoot 1.6 attempts, I'm fine with that. Even if he shoots 72, 73, because you're making that up so easy, right? The same thing with his field goal percentage. If he's only going to shoot like seven, eight, nine times a game, he's got to shoot over 40. Like everybody's got to shoot over 40. Obviously anything below 40 is hurting you, but the volume is not, large enough to where i'm super concerned about it i think he probably gets you like 10 points on like 41 percent shooting this year but he could get you maybe two steals a game probably half a block like four four and a half assists and like four rebounds all those stats sound good to me probably one and a half maybe even closer to two threes i am pretty okay with that especially in that range of the draft you know that 70s 80s 90s where Look around, Michael. There's a lot of scary names in that range. <laughs> after after 80, 80 plus, uh, it's it's a big old crapshoot. And in a head-to-head league, getting someone who could get you almost two steals a game is pretty crazily great. Um, last season was the only season Marcus Smart shot over 40%. There are some really, really horrific numbers in Marcus Smart's past. And... Um, Finally made his three-pointers last year. One season is an outlier right now. It's, it's an outlier. 
but but see, I'm interested in this f- fact of it. He finally made the three pointers last year. Was that real or was that fake? Right. That's that's really the question to me. If he can shoot 35 percent from three, that field goal percentage is going to be over 40. He did it last year. Can he do it again? Well, he has. He has four seasons of telling you he's crap at shooting three pointers. Like he has four seasons. His first four seasons combined, he shot twenty nine point three percent from three point range. Obviously, that's not good. So, so um, it will be interesting to see what that three point percentage looks like at the end of the season. I will give you that. Um, so our friend Mark Roberts, right, has him in thir- just thirty minutes a game, coming out as the seventy first ranked player, shooting thirty nine percent. Um, because of the the massive steals, and he has him over ten points, uh, almost five assists, and almost four rebounds. So, um, yeah, I think there's some value in Marcus Smart in the sense that I I see him sometimes, you know, going at ninety, a hundred, and I think looking around at that range, I am one hundred percent fine, and will probably own Marcus Smart in some leagues because I'd much rather have him than some other names I have seen on the board at that time. Yeah, there are some pretty trash names going out. Um, and uh, I think that's one of, one of the things I'm going to release is my in those plateaus, who am I targeting? Who's safe and who's a swing? That's, that's, the, that's the crux of the, uh, the article, Tyler. Who's safe and who's a swing in the, in the plateaus? And I think uh, Marcus Smart's actually, he's safe in a weird way. Like he's safe as in like he's going to give you something of value that can help you win your week in a head-to-head league. And so if you want that safe, those safe extra steals, he is available and should be targeted in particular builds that need the steals or want to boost their steals. He's very, very valuable, and that makes him a valuable fantasy player. Um, One of the swings, I would say, that I would take in this second plateau, because we are firmly in that second plateau here when we're talking about these guys, uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take a swing, and I think a lot of people are gonna take a swing, which is maybe I won't end up with this guy on my team. But Gordon Hayward, one of the most interesting fantasy players for me yes. this season. Like I if you said so to me, intrigued. If you, if you said to me, I'll let you peek at five people's final stat line for this season, but you only get to look at five. Gordon Hayward might be one of my five. Because I am super intrigued on what the hell, what what the hell is a Gordon Hayward now? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I feel like there was the occasional flash of old Gordon Hayward, especially near the end of the season. But then there, it was mixed in with some like bad weeks, bad like multiple weeks, multiple games in a row, really, really, really terrible. Um, sometimes really, really. I mean, horrific injuries like he had, they do take a year. And um, I, I'm willing to take a um, a swing on Gordon Hayward simply because um, after that year, if he bounces back to something closer to his Utah days, you're talking about you know, a top 60, perhaps even a top 50 player that you're getting in the last three rounds of your draft. You're probably going to drop the last guys in the last three rounds of your draft, the last four rounds in your draft. You're probably going to drop those guys. So why not take a swing at somebody who could be end up being a top 50 player? Why does a Gordon Hayward not shoot anymore? No. 
that was the that was the weird part of it to me was like he shot eight field goal attempts 8.8 field goal attempts a game his last season in utah 15.8 attempts including six free throw attempts per game uh last season in boston 8.8 and 2.6 2.6 respectively. That 2.6 is actually more worrying than the 8.8. And when you're when you're looking at you know kind of leveling it out per minute, right? It was 16 and a half field goals to 12.3 last year, and it was 11. Oh no, sorry, it was 6.1 field goals to 3.6. You know, looking per 36 minutes. So like what? I get the not I get the free throws because he's if you're not driving the ball and trying to get fouled, right? Like why does James Harden get fouled a million times? Well, he drives it at the hoop a million times. So he gets fouled. You know, if you're shooting jumpers, you you don't get fouled that much because no one's super trying to like block your shot and get up in your face. Uh so I get the free throws that he he didn't feel great driving on that leg, but why was he not shooting jumpers? And maybe that the whole reason is he he was so used to attacking the basket before that he's not, he's not, that's not part of his game, or at least wasn't last year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super, I'm, think about how I want to say this. I am super intrigued by Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon Hayward is a great shot in that range we were just talking about, where like it's, you know, 80, 90, 100, and you're looking around at some guys you know are not good. And you're like, well, Gordon Hayward was good once. But I also don't think you should fool yourself into thinking Gordon Hayward's going to return to that top 30, 40 player. Like, don't. don't. And I th- I think in some casual, more casual leagues, right, like someone's going to see Gordon Hayward there. You know, he's going to pop to the bottom of your queue, like in the Yahoo League, right? And then someone's going to be like, ooh, Gordon Hayward, I've heard of that name. Click. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people either are going to take a swing too early or they're just going to go at that stage. No one's heard, you know, casual fans haven't heard of any of the Bogdanoviches, but uh, Gordon Hayward, yeah, no, I know that name. Click, click, click. Uh, and so that could be like the kryptonite for him. And uh, I mean, I, I, I want him, I almost want him like closer to 100 than I do 80. That's fair. And that's what I was just going to ask is where's the spot you're starting to think about a Gordon Hayward? Like, uh, and maybe you can look this up, up super fast and, and I'll give you a, a second to do it. Where did Gordon Hayward rank last year? Obviously the year before you can't even count. He played one game. He played five minutes. He was hurt. He was out. So um, I'd be interested to see where he ranked last year. And then if you want, you can tell us, you know, during his all-star season, 2017, where he ranked, like he was a top, right? Like 35 player at, at stages in his career. And then he now dropped to where he was. The crazy part is in 25 minutes, he got you four and a half rebounds and 3.4 assists and almost a steal. Like those numbers were still really good. And that was what gave me, gives me hope going into this year more than anything. And maybe why I'm a, maybe a little willing to take the, the shot a little bit before you is like, if, a, if Gordon Hayward just shoots the ball a little more, he shot 46%. It wasn't like he shot badly. Now he didn't how, shoot great. Well, he plays 30 minutes a game. Yeah. That's what I'm saying though. If he does that, you know, just shoots the ball a little bit more or at the same rate, even that he did last year, like, a Gordon Hayward could be interesting. And so 
I'm talking like, would it be crazy if Gordon Hayward finished in the top 50 this year? To me, no. It wouldn't wouldn't be like I wouldn't be like oh my god I think it'd be a little crazy but it's not uh, it's not a, uh, unheard of. Um, it would be surprising in the sense that he was nowhere near last year, but I don't think it would be like I can't believe that right. Like we've seen Gordon Hayward do that. What do you mean you can't believe that? Yeah, so, per per game I, last season one thirty overall in totals one fourteen. Uh, his All Star season totals. Uh, 33rd overall, 32nd per game. There you go. But he was a standard league relevant player. So, you know, if, especially if it gets around 100, like I have no issues picking that because it's not like even if you hold him, it's not like you can hold him the whole season, he's going to kill you, kill you, right? Like he's still, he's still, he was still good last year. Um, he needs to shoot the ball. That's his, that's his thing. You got to shoot it. You got to shoot it, Gordon. Uh, his ADP currently at Yahoo is 80. It's a little, it's a little rich for my blood, but uh, I think that's just because of the, how their rankings are currently set. And we're going to do a Yahoo rankings and ESPN rankings. We're going to go through those uh, in a future podcast, and uh, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of other stuff, including listener leagues over on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want, are interested in joining a listener league, go help Support the show and subscribe on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Those listener leagues are uh, going to start filling up really soon. We already got a handful of players already. So check that out along with rating and reviewing the show. If you like us, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. Please, guys, if you got any questions, uh, any feedback, anything you want to hear leading into the season, the season is. Approaching a lot quicker, a lot quicker than I ever expected. Um, reach out to us. We are here to help you guys out and help you out with your draft and help you win your league. Um, and that's it. We'll be back with more 30 teams in over 30 days. Have a good one, everybody.